Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars podcast brought to you from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts back in the saddle this week after an absence last week. I'm, of course, Mark Asquith, ready to dive into this week's Star Wars news with compatriot and fellow Wookiee washer, Mr. Gary Ailett. All right, dude, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, buddy. A Wookiee washer. I like that mm-hmm. one. Even yeah. clean. Yeah, that's uh, marginally less less insulting than than usual. So I'll, I'll take that. It. Yeah, it's all good. Normally I big you up. Yeah, don't I? Well, a different angle. In a way. But yeah, oh, it's good. I'm great, thanks, buddy. How are you? I am good, thanks, dude. Yes, I am very good. Enjoying the sun and uh, mm. digging into all things Star Wars, which is always fun. But yeah, man, no, I'm good. It's been a nice week. Been a good one, and uh, lots of good Star Wars stuff going on. Speaking of which. I'm going to ask you in a second what you've been up to Star Wars-wise, but for you, the wonderful listener, I just want to give a little shout-out. If you want to get some hands-on swag, you can join two of our brand-new patrons, Mr. Dan O'Connor, Mr. Sean Mesker, and join us over on Patreon. Just get involved. Chuck us a buck a month. Chuck us five bucks a month. Whatever you want, it doesn't matter. It's all about just giving back to creators where you can and if you do do that at sparkrebellion.com slash patreon we'll chuck you some merchandise some laptop stickers we'll send them your way so you can proudly emblazon them all over yourself like the old wackadee timmy mallet style (laughs) used to be back in the 80s so go ahead and do that sparkrebellion.com slash patreon and join the crew now before we dig in guys what you've been up to star wars wise this week star wars wise a little bit of gamage i went through the old xbox library last weekend you know, when you go into that bit in the dashboard where you can view just your whole library, whether you've bought games this generation or, that, you know, whatever. And uh, I didn't realise that I owned Republic Commando from way back. So I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll give that a bash. I haven't played that in ages, years, in fact. And I think there was some talk about a sequel for that. There was like one of those Doomcock rumoury things that they were going to do a sequel. So, yeah, I've been playing about an hour or so, a couple of hours worth of that, dude. It's uh, it's a cracking game, that. It's... um. It needs a bit of a refresh, a bit of an update, but yeah, really, really good. Really, really good game. That It's uh, one of the first sort of tactical Star Wars-y things that ran alongside the Battlefront stuff that was uh, a bit more of an encapsulated little story. It was really good. Yeah, so I'm enjoying that, dude. I'll probably complete that this weekend. So yeah, a little bit of Star Wars game. Just looking forward to the old Lego Star Wars coming up. That game, it's going to be... I've heard good things. There's been a bit of a leak with that recently, and there's been some other some news drop uh, that's dropped on that one. So it does sound amazing, like they've... You can see why they delayed it. There's so much in it. So that's going to be good. What yeah, about you, dude? Look, Anything? does look good. Mm. I think we're going to do an episode, and I might do that next week, actually, because there's a lot of, uh, there has been a lot of Lego Star Wars news over the last week or so, so maybe we'll do a bit of a deeper dive on that next week, but uh, it does look sweet. Um, mm. This week, what I've been doing, mainly just reading that book, um, Claudia Gray book, The Fallen Star book, um, 
just kind of marching through that one, really. Just making sure that, you know, I'm taking it in and enjoying it. So it's quite nice. It's got a bit of a, um, I don't want to say like an alien feel to it, but it's certainly got like a, um, what's the word? Like a space, prison space kind of, you know, you're contained on a on Starlight Beacon, basically. It's got a very different vibe to like the Jedi Traverse in the galaxy, which is uh, which is quite a nice change of pace, but it, uh, mm. it presents a lot of interesting opportunities and so on. So it's, yeah, it's, I'm actually enjoying it. It's good. It's good, man. So it's been a nice week for that one. Um, and then not too much else. Did I do some Lego? Maybe did some Lego? I think I can't remember, but uh, certainly the book. Now we've got a bit of news to dig into, dude. Um, so okay. we're going to zip through these. We're going to discuss them. We're going to dive in, and we're going to use our new episode planning functionality with our podcast host Captivate. Should uh, <laughs> should make planning episodes easier. But also, we were saying it yesterday. Actually, it makes you plan better episodes. <laughs> it certainly does. Yeah, which is good because we're a little bit lazy with that one. So all right, Super look. Tall. First up. We have, in fact, we'll do this nice little one first. The old Mark Hamill. He's been on Twitter, hasn't he? He's quite prolific on Twitter, hasn't he? Old at Hamill himself. He's likes a bit of bants, doesn't he? Shares some behind the scenes, answers some questions, dispels some myths and some rumours. And uh, he's been at it again, but he's not been doing any of those things this week. Instead, he's finally managed to get hold of at Mark Hamill. On Twitter, he's now at Mark Hamill instead of Hamill himself over on the Twitter. Now, I don't know what the dealio was with this one. Um, it says, he's basically tweeted saying, after almost 10 years as Hamill himself, Twitter's finally allowed my account to use my own name. So I don't know if any, you know if someone had that or whether it was like someone was squatting on it or or whatever. You just never know with Twitter. But I'm I'm surprised, like he's, he's even still, uh, like he's closed the Hamill himself account down. I'm surprised he's not kept that under like a dodgy email address so no one else gets it and then, you know, passes himself off as Mark Hamill on that account. So it's um, it's not really, I suppose it's news, but it's just a nice little thing for Mark Hamill, isn't it? Finally, finally get his due on Twitter. Yeah, it's not really news, is it? But because it's yeah. because it's the hamster, it's uh, it's one of those things that, and because he posts so many cool Star Wars tidbits. I spoke about this last week. There was a cool little thing that he... Uh, that he posted some little trivia about the end of the Empire Strikes Back was amazing, and it's we're still getting those little nuggets of of Star Wars goodness from him years like decades after he worked on all that stuff. The thing that's weird though is that if there's anyone else, you wouldn't bat an eyelid. You'd just be like, oh, okay, they've changed the Twitter name. It's all good. But because he's so prolific and he's got so many good, he's one of the very few people on Twitter that has got that many followers, but is still very likable. And it's, you know, pretty much 99% of what he does on there is still very much, you know, wholesome and and all good. So really confused why he didn't have, um, why he didn't push for this sooner. Because I'm pretty sure he's got a bit of clout on the old Twitter, has done for years. So I wonder why it's taken this long. But yeah, it's a cool little thing, isn't it, dude? Yeah, it is. It is. It's, uh, he's not outsourcing it to a PR company, is he? Keep it up, Mark <laughs> Hamill. At Mark Hamill now. Now we'll stick a link to this tweet. In the show notes, our new improved show notes, thanks to this new episode planning functionality uh, from Captivate, which is pretty badass. It means that any link that we do discuss will automatically be added to our show notes so that we can remain lazy, but make sure that you get all the links because we did get bad at that. So we apologize, but never again. So check out the show notes, whatever app you're listening on or the website, and uh, you'll see a link to that tweet. Now, We've been talking about hair to the empire, hair to the empire. If I'm not going to drop my H's as a northerner, we uh, we've spoken about it a fair bit recently. We got that um, 
we got the old Luke Skywalker with a Salamiri uh, toy. I think we both got that um, recently. And then we spoke about it. I went through and read that uh, that book and we talked Throne a few times. Throne's having a bit of a resurgence because of the Ahsoka uh, connection potentially going on. Um, so I was quite pleasantly surprised to see in the Star Wars news this week as published by the Force.net on March 21st. As a kid or a fella, kid, fella, whatever, called Joshua Tatum, um, who loves bloody reading, loves bloody Star Wars, and according to the news story, like I said, on the Force.net, which you'll find in the show notes, he's, as a kid, he used to read his, uh, he used to read his books to his little brothers, and, and they, like, this is clear, this bit clearly didn't happen, but like, he used to say that, they used to say that my narration helped them to really get invested in the books. There were kids. They didn't say that. But all it is, he clearly likes doing it. They really enjoyed it. That's what it is. That's what we're trying to get at here, right? Used to make all his own voices up. Used to really add atmosphere to it. And what he's done is he's taken that on the line. That's right. He's taken it from the off the line to the on the line. And he's recorded Head to the Empire as an audio book, sort of a narrated audio book. Stuck it on YouTube with all the character voices and all everything he used to do for his little brothers. And he stuck it online. And to be fair, he sounds awesome. He sounds awesome. And he goes on to say, Joshua goes on to say, I'm not doing this for a hobby or for a profit. My intent isn't to give out a free book, to create a, diff- to create a different way for people to experience the story. Right. Well, that's, you know, whatever. Disney, <laughs> do what you will. But he's not making any brass of it, is he? So what do you make of this, dude? Have you listened to it? I've listened to a few minutes of it. And it's, it is quite fun, you know? It is very cool. I've only listened to a couple of little snippets that we've got from the force.net that they've put from, from, I've not listened to the whole thing, but it's very cool that he's taken the time and the effort to make it more than just a Luke walks down the corridor, glanced over longingly. You know, he's actually, like you said, he's put a lot of, um, he's tried to do a bit of production on it and stuff. So it's very cool. I mean, I don't know. I'd kind of use this like a little, a little, uh, talent reel send it off to some yeah. places there's a few big companies uh that specialize you know like wondery and uh you know big finish these sorts of places that do audio only adventures and audio stories and stuff this could be a cool little stepping stone into that career if you wanted to dude so josh go and do it man do a little a little talent reel put this in there uh, what is cool about it though is that hey he's not doing the whole i'm using this to um you know make a few bucks because firstly get his ass kicked of course by disney lucasfilm et al but uh, yeah, he just said, you know, I'm not giving it away and not doing anything to make a buck. Just go and experience the coolness of my voice narrating Air to the Empire. So I like it. I, I think he should do some more. Yeah, yeah he's, he's quite cool, isn't it? He really does get into it as well. Like you said, it's not it's not just like you said, Luke walks down a corridor. It's Luke walked down a corridor. <laughs> bit of drama. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of drama. So yeah, fair play, Joshua. This stuff like this takes a lot of time. A lot of people uh, maybe don't quite get how long this takes. You know, it's it's whilst we all read and we all read books, and you know, it, when you're recording something, it's not just as as clear cut as that. You know, there's a lot more that goes into it. There's a lot of different takes that go into it. You've got to really kind of figure out where you're going with it, what style you're going for. Um, so this is not as clear cut as just book takes ten hours to read. This will take ten hours to record. This is like probably a week's work, easy. You know, so it's fair play, Joshua. Fair play on that, dude. It's, uh, it sounds good. Wish you the best with it, but just make sure you don't make any money. Yeah, don't make any money. 
Just saying. Do everything for free. Because the regime don't like it. <laughs> right. You're a gamer. Right. You said it yourself. Didn't you? <laughs> Admits it. You said it yourself. So. <laughs> Wasn't an accident. Remember the old Fallen Order game that we're really enjoying? Oh, that old uh, archaic back in the day game. Yeah. The one that came out just before the next gen and you're like, oh, I but it does look better on next gen anyway. Well, <laughs> we all know they're doing a sequel, don't we? Jedi Fallen Order 2, probably. <laughs> but we all know it's coming. Um, <laughs> probably. <laughs> it was sort of confirmed, kind of sort of confirmed, but not really. And uh, it's been leaked, quote unquote leaked by comicbook.com, um, that EA are going to be showcasing and really sort of properly announcing the return of Cal Kestis in May at Star Wars Celebration, because obviously we didn't have one, did we, for the last few years? Um, so we're back in Anaheim, which looks badass. I mean, this event is is just going to be full of stuff. You know, there's going to be a, just a litany of announcements and cool things coming out, but it looks like Jedi Fallen Order might be one of them. And it's probably, I mean... Because I guess we don't quite know when the release is going to be. They're going to announce that, I would imagine, at the, the, the same time. You know, I'm betting probably 2023, but we've not seen any footage. We've not seen any gameplay. We've not seen trailers. We don't know any hint to the story or whatever. Uh, so we, we do know nothing. It feels, I don't know how you feel, do, but we're in March now. You know, they're releasing this probably announcement in May. I can't see this being a 2022 release, can you? Uh, it looks unlikely. Yeah, it's, it's probably going to be next year, I think. Um... Although, having said that, it depends on how quick they can knock that one together because mm. I think the other games they've made have been on their own proprietary engine that they've worked in-house. What's, it, what's that multiplayer game they do? Uh, Apex Legends. I think that's all done like with their own their own engine and systems and stuff, whereas Fallen Order was done using Unreal Engine. So I think that takes away a lot of the stuff you have to deal with. You just use someone else's engine and you just concentrate on the story and, you know, and tweaking it to your liking and stuff. So... If they're still using Unreal Engine, then it might be this year, dude. It might be a Christmas release. It could be, but I'm, I think I'm with you. I think it's probably going to be next year with the announcement this year. But I think this makes sense, though, that they're going to talk about it at Celebration because um, there are so many companies that just don't do the whole big E3 thing anymore. Like they tend to do their own smaller events the night before or something like that. And E3's lost a little bit of traction as well the last, uh, you know, the last few years. So it makes sense to do it on their own you know, keep it in-house and do all that. So, yeah, I think it could be. I think this is a thing. I think they will talk about it. It's just the, uh, yeah, what's the, what are they saying on here? Q4 20, okay. Yeah, 20 next year, dude, I reckon. I'm with you. Yeah. I do not disagree, dude. I think it'd be too much. But I mean, even, even just from a marketing standpoint, I mean, look how long we've had Lego Skywalker, uh, the Lego Skywalker saga pre-ordered. You know, you, I'd be pre-ordering it now if it was, was going to be the end of the year. Um, it just, you know... And and I think when you consider May, just don't know if it'd be enough to max out on the pre-orders, you know, it gives you True. a bit more time to market and so on. I mean, they're just, you know, basic level stuff, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd say it was probably going to be next year, man. Um, speaking of things that are constantly delayed and keep pushing back, um, another comicbook.com story, which again is in the, in the, the show notes, is about the old Rogue Squadron. Remember the old Patty Jenkins Star Wars movie? They've started... A lot of these bloody websites have started doing these crappy clickbait headlines where they'll do something like this one, 
which is Rogue Squadron, Paddy Jenkins, Star Wars movie gets a surprising update. And you're like, all right, <sighs> go on then, better have a click. And it's not really, they're never that surprising, are they? You know, they're all turning into Doomcock. You know, it's just becoming like that. Anyway, basically all it is, there isn't that much of a surprise update, okay? It's, we reckon in like a 2023 release, December 23, I'm betting that's going to get pushed back, dude. That's only 15, 16 months away. Actually, probably longer, sorry, what, 20 months away. Mm -hmm. Doesn't even sound like it's in pre-production, dude. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine that really going out by December. Anyway, uh, some fella, Jedi for Liberty, just Brad, uh, on the old Twitter, again, link in show notes, um, has bunked in, uh, bumped into uh, Michael Stackpole, who's one of the Star Wars authors, and he said that basically Patty Jenkins had got in touch with him early on to get involved in that show, in that uh, movie. Now, it's... Um, I, I, I just never know what to make of these things, dude, because it's so transient. Like, it's not really a surprising update, is it? You know, writer involved in movie. <laughs> Don't know what to make of it. It's just, a, is it a bit clickbait? Is, is this really an update? Or is it, you know, just something to keep comicbook.com in the news, I guess? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think, um, in all honesty, this this tweet would have been, it could be relevant at any time during Rogue Rogue um, Squadron's development. You know, somebody could have come out a year after it was released and said, mm. oh, I had this meeting with Michael Stackpole and he was excited that Patty Jenkins invited him early, on board early to sort of do that story treatment and advise and stuff. It doesn't have to, it, just because it's, that tweet has, you know, surfaced now. It doesn't mean that that's an update that the film is still happening or it's whatever. Yeah, it's just one of those. It, it's a cool little thing that you've noticed on Twitter, but comicbook.com have turned it into a story and have, you know, clickbaited it up, you know, another level to let people know that there's this cool update. So when you actually read the article, it's like, oh, it's not an update really, is it? It's just a this dude said this thing on Twitter. So the usual Star Wars bloggy clickbaity stuff, dude. Yeah. And it just, although it does sound like Brad and the team have got a decent podcast out there, um, at Scarif Podcast on uh, Twitter. So go and check that out. It's part of their Red 5 network, obviously big fans of the names. But yeah, if nothing else, just go and check out the show notes, get that link that we've put in there, go and look at the story, decide for yourself whether it's a little bit clickbaity. And from there, go and check out that Scarif Podcast, because you never you never quite know, you know, it could be a, could be a new listen for you. Um so yeah, a little bit guff. Speaking of other guff, remember that other film? What was that one? The other one. That one that we didn't like. Go on, what was it? Oh, uh, Romance in the Stone. That was a good film. Yeah. Don't, don't say stuff like that. I'll tell you what is a really good action, sort of romantic film. Go on then. It's The Mummy. Remember The Mummy with oh, Brendan Fraser and... Yeah. yeah, I was listening to sequel pitch about that this week. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a really good film, that kind of old-school adventure, you know, romantic sort of thing. Romance yeah. in the Stone, it's not that bad, I suppose. But I like Romance in the Stone, but it's not that one anyway. Kathleen Turner, at a finest, yes. Good. No, I'm talking about The Rise of Boar Walker, of oh, course. That one. Oh, released to, released to much fanfare and then died a death. Anyway, all it is, according to the direct.com, 
we've got 12 new concept art photos which show Kylo Ren's deleted storyline in episode 9. Um, he's quite interesting. Remember, at the beginning, there was that montage, wasn't there, about um, him going to find the Wayfinder, Darth Vader's Wayfinder out there in Mustafar. We didn't know if it was Mustafar or not. We just had no idea. And hmm. uh, it we seemed to just get cut and turned into that montage. And then, we, we you know, we, we saw him turning up on Exegol to shoe on Palpatine. And... and there was there was a lot of storyline, not only deleted from Rise of Skywalker, but obviously from the Duel of the Fates original plan with Trevorrow. But um, that entire montage was supposed to be this big sequence, this big storyline where he went off, he explored the dark side, saw the Eye of the Webbish Bog, um, found the Wayfinder, cut down everyone on Mustafar, went total badass, where basically you could see that he was Kylo Ren, he was a badass. Didn't happen in the end, but... <laughs> We did get some newly released photos, and we've seen. I, I don't think we've seen these before, but we've seen things like it, and we've seen things like this described before, as well. Um, and a lot of these look like concept art from a computer game, from a, a video game. If I'm totally honest, but they look pretty badass, man. I mean, number one, the art style's beautiful. I love the art style; it looks great. And and for you listening, go and check it out in the show notes. But like, it just it's just one more thing that I feel cheated off. <laughs> that movie it is isn't it it's another one of those oh that would have been cool that would have been very cool to see that because the montage does an okay job of sort of rounding out where we are at that, that point and then soon after that or straight after that you're on with the story of a billion threads so you know that little montage is not it's not terrible but you're right it's an it's another little thing that they've just chopped up and yeah, like a sushi chef has just been in the editing room with his knives and like, yeah, let's just hack the crap out of all of this. and We'll just stick it together. Let's just throw it at the wall and it'll be good. But yeah, I agree. It's uh, Yeah, because Kylo Ren deep down was a bit of a troubled soul, you know. It was a little bit of a, you know, we had that, he, he proclaimed himself, you know, he feels that pull to the light and you have that sort of inner conflict. And they had really, they had a, a good chunk of time to explore that stuff with um with vader and luke in the original trilogy which pay dividends at the end but in this one it's it's like well we know how that's how he feels so moving on you know what i mean it's like we we're telling you the viewer that that's what's going on with kylo ren so just you know put that in your locker now here's mm. the rest of the story we didn't have enough time to explore all these little bits so having this you know going off to see like you know webbish bog and, and all that it would have really just added to his um, to the character build throughout that trilogy, especially that last film. So yeah, it is a it is a shame, and I'm wonder. I, I'm pretty sure there's probably going to be another couple of these, dude, over the next month, years, whatever, where we'll see some concept art or one of those making of books. Mm. Um, you know, the Jay Rinsler books. You'd have one of them, and it'll be um, yeah. There was this whole thing that was cut from the story or the film, whatever. So yeah, it's a shame, man. But I don't think it'll be the last one that we'll feel cheated by. Yeah. No, I don't, dude. And and um, the artwork's by John McCoy, and it really is beautiful artwork. And there's a couple of other pieces in this direct.com article, which again is in the show notes, where um, things we've heard before, like, you know, they're speculating that everything points to the fact that these sequences were filmed, and, and you know, maybe we'll see them like we did with the Joker scene this week from the Batman. You know, maybe, doubtful it's Disney, but, um, you know, maybe we will. Um, but another interesting point that I've never really considered is that these pieces of concept art also show Kylo, I think for the first and only time, 
except maybe in a flashback, maybe they show him actually leading the Knights of Ren <laughs> into, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, and they, they're wiping shit out, man. They're, you know, they, they're going down yeah. the, yeah, they're tearing it up. They're taking down all these Alzamek, you know, guardians of, of, of the Wayfinder and this Sith artifact. And, uh, it just it just makes you realise how much they did shoehorn palps in and what a bad job they did of everything. But I did see something interesting yesterday. There was a piece, and I think I've put it on maybe for next week or the week after, about which ending or which movie is better, Revenge of the Sith, Rise of Skywalker as a trilogy ending. We'll, we'll properly talk about it uh, when we get to it. But there was one line in there that made me think, and it was like the prequels were hated when they came out. And now the fans that grew up with them are having their say and they're much more beloved. Will that happen with this sequel trilogy? And my instinct is to say no, but then I start thinking to myself, well, wait a sec, you're not the people he's talking about, so will it happen? And I just can't decide. So just, I don't know, fruit for, food for thought, man. Yeah. No, I thought about that a few times over the years <clears throat> where um, uh, Ewan McGregor said it recently on an interview, like last week or the week before. Mm where he said that he was he didn't handle it very well, the backlash from those films. But then fast forward to now, and he's getting loads of adults who were kids at the time who were like, your Star Wars was my Star Wars, and I love it for that and all the rest of it. So that's why it's getting a bit of love. But there must be, of course, you know, there'll be a whole generation of Star Wars fans that in 10, 15, 20 years' time will actually be like, I don't know why it was hated so much because I bloody loved it because that was the first time I went to see Star Wars at the cinema and I had all that experience and stuff, so... I think it will be, but I don't think it will be to the heights of the prequel love that we're getting now. I think it will, though. It will mature a little bit. I agree, man. And I think the big difference between the prequels and and the sequel trilogy films is that we've had, number one, a lot of very good content in that prequel era, like the Clone Wars and the books that then go on to make the movies better. And number two, the big difference for me with these two trilogies is that the first one, whilst it was clunky, some of the acting was a bit shaky, CGI at the time was great, but now it's, you know, arguably too much. The underlying thematic story was sound, which is why everything to this day leans on it. And Mm. I think that's the difference, you know, for me. That's a good point, dude. Yeah. We had so much content around the Clone Wars for years and years. You can't help but be drawn into the prequel era stuff. And what's interesting is it's kind of a, it's kind of the opposite that they've done with the sequel trilogy. They've not explored anything to do with any of the outlying characters or any of those threads. It's now just like, right, okay, that's done. High Republic. It's like they've not concentrated on any of these additional story bits. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The Clone yeah, Wars. It is very interesting because you. I always treat the prequels as sort of just another long episode of the Clone Wars. And that entire era to me is just one big story. Um which I think is why The Mandalorian has done so well, because it just feels like that. Oh, I'm sure Obi-Wan will be the same. You know, that's why Boba Fett didn't do so well, I think, because it didn't feel like it was an extension of mm. the overarching Star Wars story. It felt like it was, you know, just it was just a misfire, wasn't it? So, um, interesting. We shall see. Anyway, speaking of new Star Wars properties, um, it's an odd one, this. So there are rumours abound that Damon Lindelof of various bits of fame, you know, Lost, Watchmen, Star Trek Into Darkness, Prometheus. <laughs> He's going to get involved in Star Wars, TV show, movie, whatever. I can't decide about this, right? Because 
Some of his stuff's shite. Some of his stuff <laughs> starts well and finishes shite. And some of his stuff is brilliant. Watchmen, so on and so forth. So, that's the rumour, all right? And this is according to denageek.com, who in turn picked it up from Jesh Schneider, the in Schneider, good, in uh, over on Twitter. Um, reckoned he's got a rumour, don't we all? That's how rumours are, uh, you know, that's how they start. We all think we've got one. Literally, and that's how it starts. So he's saying that Lindelof might be involved. Um, don't know. Hmm. Don't know. It's a movie, you know, for a start, and it's Lindelof. Hopefully him and Abrams aren't getting back together. You know, stay away. What do you make of this? Are you a Lindelof fan? Are you, you know, what's the, what's the uh, feeling? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I love Watchmen. That's very good. Uh, I've never seen an episode of Lost, so I can't really comment on <laughs> on the quality of that. I hear it's very Brilliant good. Brilliant and shite. I hear it's very good right up until the last season and especially the last episode or two. Um, so I don't know, man, this seems like history repeating itself. Do you remember, oh, how long have we doing a podcast for now? A couple, of years. A, bit, a couple of years. Very early on, we spoke about a rumor about the two guys that did Game of Thrones. Yes. Do you remember? Benioff and Weiss. Yeah, they, there was a few tweets and some stories around these guys being linked to doing a Star Wars film or a Star Wars trilogy, whatever. And that had some traction for a while. And even those two uh, Benioff and Wise actually said, yeah, we're working on it. It's all good. And then it just, you know, the arse fell out of that. This feels like the same thing to me, mate. It feels like a, mm. yeah, it's like, yeah, they probably have chatted at some point. Uh, Lindelof's probably like, yeah, Kath, Star Wars, isn't it? would be nuts to not say yes to it, but have you got your ducks in a row? No. Okay. Well, give me a call when you do. And uh, and I'll be on. So if it feels like it's very much a yeah, they probably chatted over Subway and a milkshake, and that was it. Nothing else. That's how it goes, though, isn't it? That's how it goes. Yeah, it's, I'm a pretty ambivalent on this one myself, and that's a good point about it. Just been a rumor, you know. I'm, we've had Ryan Johnson doing trilogies. We've had Benny Off and Vibes. We've got Kevin Feige doing bloody movies. It just what TT gets. So, yeah, yeah, what TT. Great point. Like it just gets a bit stupid. Everyone's and doing then the Patty one. Jenkins one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, like, it's, it's almost like, you know, get find the people that can produce movies, at, you know, and, and TV shows that have got names and have got properties behind them and let's just try and attach them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, pretty ambivalent on it. I j- it's interesting because one point that he makes, uh, that, that they make um, in the Den of Geek one here is that he's, that the, the Watchmen TV show is brilliant, but it and it's a sequel to the movie and or the Alan Moore graphic novel. You know, it, it's a direct sequel, but it takes a lot from canon and reimagines it, rethinks it, updates it. And a great point that Den of Geek um, makes is that Star Wars fans get pissed with that. <laughs> you know, Do they, they get pissed with that. So <laughs> it's... Um, Hadn't noticed. Yeah, exactly. But then at the same time, like that's often what it needs as well. So it's, I don't know, Damon Lindelof, like he's, you know, maybe he's that guy that can come in and shake things up, but maybe he's got enough geek cred, unlike Ryan Johnson seemed to have, you know, he's got enough to maybe spin it. I I don't know, man, I don't know, but pretty ambivalent anyway. Remember Ryan Johnson shot himself in with both barrels in the feet though, by saying something like, I didn't like The Empire Strikes Back or I never watched it or anything. What was it he said Mm -hmm. regarding that? So everybody was like, what? 
how can he write us even not even yeah so he didn't do himself any favors with that stuff but i don't know man i, I think uh i'd love somebody to shake things up certainly would do uh, but like you said they just need the chops to do it properly that's not gonna you know pick apart and destroy some good foundations that we've already got in place just work around it you've already got it there you've already got all of the stuff just write a story with it don't try and don't try and to be too clever i think is a thing that ryan johnson did yeah yeah i agree man it's it's, it's bits isn't it it's you know the clone clone wars added a lot to the canon and changed a lot of things and but it did so in a very well-paced manner mm-hmm. you know Definitely. um and, and and all the books and everything else you know all the other animation rebels as They've all come along after extended universes have been killed and, you know, siphoned off to legends and they've all made their changes, but they've done so in a very, like I said, a well-paced way. Whereas, like like you said, The Last Jedi came and I was like, here's everything different. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, that's, a, that's a good point, dude. Um, things don't always change, though, do they? Sometimes they stay the same. Like Hayden Christians in Bin Darth Vader. Remember him? Prequels, long hair, gets burnt up, arm off, leg off. Remember him? Crispy. Nice. Lovely lad. Lovely lad that hates sand. (laughs) Well, we know that he's coming back. He's coming back in the Obi-Wan show. And uh, speculation persists, you know, will it be a flashback? Will it be, are we going to get some Clone Wars era stuff, which would be freaking badass? Um, Are we going to see Vader unmasked? Are we going to see the meeting of them two as Vader or as Anakin? Blah, 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 blah. All that stuff's going on. We know about that. Hayden Christensen is in Obi-Wan. But it looks to have been confirmed-ish by the Hollywood Reporter that he's also going to appear in uh, Ahsoka, the Ahsoka show on Disney+, Plus, which is no surprise. However, what is interesting is that where there's debate about whether we'll see Clone Wars era or Vader era or both in Obi-Wan because of where that show is set 10 years after, you know, the Galactic Empire is formed. Um, the Ahsoka show has to be a flashback because Vader's dead in the Mandalorian timeline. So it, this has to be a flashback. It's got to be a flashback, which then in turn raises a lot of questions around casting young Ahsoka and how they're going to do that and whether they are, if they're going to DH, whatever, you know, there's a load of questions that bounce off the back of that one. But um, it feels interesting. Like we got that sort of resolution issue in Riddles with Ahsoka and Vader at the end of season three. Um, is there room for more of that? Would it be good to see the flashbacks? You know, are we just, are we, there's been wild rumors this week that they're going to make a live action Clone Wars TV show. I doubt that, but you know, what's, what's going on with this? Do you think? Yeah, I've got two threads in my, in my, uh, in my wee brain about this one. The first one is it could be as simple as a flashback. It could just be a, something we haven't seen in the Clone Wars yet or Rebels, whatever. And it's, you know, it's one of those things. The other thing that's in my head, though, is it could be, it could be linked to the whole um, communicating with somebody through the Force thing, because they're doing that with Kenobi, aren't we? We're 99% sure that while Kenobi is on Tatooine looking after Luke, He's still continuing his training that Yoda set for him so that he can chat to Qui-Gon. So this could be a thing where Hayden Christensen is back as Anakin in Ahsoka, but he's... Because at the end of um, Return of the Jedi, 
he's a proper force ghost back to the light side, isn't he? He's chilling out with with Yoda and Obi and uh, Obi Wan. So it could be that he's communicating with Ahsoka in that form. That's what's in my head as well. I don't know. Maybe. Interesting. That would be quite cool because I think there's going to be a lot of reconciliation of how Obi-Wan feels in that show. There's going to be a lot of him discussing that with, with, with Qui-Gon. And, and, you know, I think when it comes to Vader, we obviously got the final showdown with Ahsoka and Vader when she realized it was Anakin when she chipped the mask. Um, oh, was that in Rebels? That was, that was in Rebels. Two, something, yeah. Yeah, it was something right. like that, wasn't yeah. it? Um, mm. So then it, you know, that they sort of does leave it a little bit unresolved. So maybe, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to discuss there. Um, and what I like about this is that, and about that logic and that theory, dude, is that it's pertinent to how Luke is handling Grogu and Mando in that you can't have that fucking attachment. And, you know, if, if Ahsoka's to be a key part of Luke's training or Luke's development from, you know, Jedi Knight to Jedi Master... Um, you'd think that his thought processes would have to develop, you know, yeah. and surely someone saying, oh, someone else, you know, this is a big one, but someone else screwed this up. Like, don't make the same mistakes. Like, we can do things a bit differently. Here's the proof. Mm. On the flip side of that, I mean, if you're going to talk to anyone, it's going to be a kid, isn't it? So, you know, Anakin and Luke. Yep. Yeah, true. If he can see Obi-Wan, if he can see them, he can talk to them. You know, he's, like you said, Anakin's developed that ability by the end of Return of the Jedi um, to, to come back as a Force ghost, which means that he should, can interact like all the rest of them can. Like with Yoda, he even can actually touch stuff and manipulate physical objects, uh, as we saw in The Last Jedi. So it raises a lot of interesting points, dude. If, if Force ghost Anakin is able to interact with people five years after Return of the Jedi, I mean, that is a... That really is a Pandora's box of, of possibilities. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like they weren't going to do this anyway. We were going to have, if the um, behind-the-scenes rumoury stuff is to be confirmed or to be true at some point, then we know that at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, Rey was meant to be backed up by all the Force ghosts, helping mm-hmm. her to you know take down Palps. So Anakin was meant to be there as a force ghost, as Anakin Skywalker doing that stuff with her and stuff. So it's not like the the concept is is fresh out the box for them on this. It is something that they've probably dipped their toe in previously, decided to cut it. Unfortunately, that was another thing we were robbed of in that film. But yeah, it's not like it's uh, someone had a light bulb moment in the office. I think this is a story thing with these force ghosts and everything that's been around, kicking around the Lucasfilm office for a couple of years. So. Yeah, it, it's probably going to end up just being a series of flashbacks, but it would be very cool if they did explore this whole, you know, Master, what are you doing here? You know, I thought you were some dickhead that I chipped. That, you know, we had a bit of a tear up recently. What are you doing here? He's like, you know, don't worry. You know, everything's going to be fine. I'm here as a good guy now. Chill out. You know, get the kettle on. What know. are you doing here? <laughs> you know, cause it's because happy to see him. Jesus. Oh, let's just go because free. He's- um yeah interesting yeah i think that's a great point dude you know it it was it was certainly i think certainly filmed something for that scene with ray and then cut for i have absolutely no idea why you'd cut that scene i can't think of any creative commercial choice where you would cut that scene 
No. So yeah, maybe that was intended to kick off a bit of thinking, and that you know maybe that is one of the threads of Last Jedi that is actually pretty badass. Is that Force ghosts can interact? That was quite a nice little improvement. So I'm saying, you know, we said it earlier. That part of it has sort of been widely accepted. That's okay. You know, he made his changes, and that's been accepted. Um, and to yeah, good point to expand on that through the Rise of Skywalker and then into Disney Plus. I'm not saying they had this plan in in mind, but to to lean on it like they did. I think they did with the Mando season one where. Grogu healed the beast, mm. you know, met big rhinoceros beast, and then suddenly force healing was a thing, ready was for it, the yeah. rise of Sky. Like, I think mm. that was planned as well, you know, and it's, it feels like a similar thing. So that's a great point, dude. Um, well, we'll see. It, it does open up this Pandora's box, though. I'm fascinated by it. And I, part of me hopes that it's not just flashbacks, even though it would be badass to see flashbacks as well. I think that'd be brilliant. Um, I think if there's any way to give retribution to the prequel era cast, it's to cast them as themselves again mm. and make it really freaking good. Mm-hmm. You Definitely. know, so that um, total retribution, but we'll see if, mm-hmm. if it is force ghost, man, that could be badass. Um, right. We're going to close up on just it's, this does not even warrant that much discussion because it's a universal. This is fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> there's absolutely no reason to discuss anything on it. Right. <laughs> if you want to get your nerds on board, to something that you're making, you clearly do stuff that is going to give them like a nerdgasm. Yeah. So we've seen this a little bit with Mandalorian where they've cast Michael Bynes from Terminator and they've stuck him in there. You're like, okay, that's Kyle Reese, is that? He looks all right. He's still got his raincoat and his shotgun. He looks all right. So <laughs> there's a few bits like that knocking around. Nick Nolte, he was in it, wasn't he? Right. Little bits like that where you cast your badass ones. And, uh, They've done it again. We do not know what character this person is playing, but the Mandalorian season three looks to have cast none other than the toilet falling time traveling 1.21 gigawatt motherfucker Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> it sounds absolutely mint, dude. It sounds mega. Like there's quite literally no discussion needed. This is just good. Yeah, you're right. We don't need to wax on this one. It's um, it's just great casting. I'm interested to see how they, how they play this one because he's an interesting fella, isn't he, Christopher Lloyd? He either plays yeah. like the wacky, crazy nut jobs, and that and that's like almost pigeon casts, pigeon hold casting for that. Or he plays like the sort of elusive, what's this guy about sort of thing. There's no middle ground. There's no just you know, so is he going to be some just nutbag crazy old dude in in star wars yeah. which is amazing uh or is there something a bit more in depth for him but yeah i don't know i mean it's good to do it now because you know knocking on a bit he's nearly 90 but he's 83 so you know you need to put a bit more in the pension pot so get this in the bag get it in yep i love it dude i know i, I can tell you love it. everyone loves it it's christopher lloyd marty <clears throat> marty great <laughs> scott it's your kids. We're going to do something about your kids. What, what's now, the bet in that to run a lightsaber effectively through the kyber crystal, you need how many gig- gigawatts of power? That's right. Exactly. It's got to be on it. Yeah. Imagine, like, there's got to be some callbacks. Like, if he doesn't say something like, great, Scott, or whatever. But, <laughs> like, you're right. He usually plays, like, a wacky, elusive person or some enigmatic soul. I can think of only, like, one or two movies where he's played an out-and-right out, out and right villain, like Dennis the movie. Mm. Um, but... 
he's, he's that or the wacky guy. And I, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I was talking to Sam about it. She said, yeah, they can't cast him as like a Doc Brown-esque. And I was like, you're right. I agree. It, it instantly, everyone about, oh God, not again. And then instantly, the second that that thought had finished, you'd be like, yeah, but that's me knowing it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You'd be instantly fighting yourself because you'd want to see him as that, mm-hmm. but then sort of be miffed that he was that, but then just instantly go back to, yeah, but this is badass. Um, <laughs> it's such a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is either going to be like Heath Ledger genius casting out of nowhere. Yeah. Or it's going to be a, oh, bless him. That was a cute little episode, wasn't it? Remember Christopher Lloyd in that episode? Yeah, pretty cute. Who knows, man? Yeah. It's great, though. That could be good. Mm. Yeah. It might be, uh, you might be the person that shows everyone the world between worlds, unlocks time travel for everyone. Imagine that. Yeah. I mean, they need to put their foot down and get this out of the way so he can then play Rick in the Rick and Morty film. Other than yeah. that, this, is, this could be perfect for him. He's yeah. quiet, isn't he? Nice to see him working. Yeah. Good. Good, good, good. No, that's badass, though. I'm, I'm delighted by that. Any any geek of our, our generation cannot possibly argue with this one. So welcome to The Mandalorian, Christopher Lloyd. We look forward to seeing what you do. And to you, the faithful Star Wars fan, we are going to wrap it up right there. It's been fun to get back, dude. I'm enjoying it. Um, thanks for uh, covering last week. I appreciate it. I was stuck in boring meetings. That was good. Uh, they weren't boring. If anyone from work's listening, they were just meetings, weren't they? In a way. They weren't the most enthralling meetings, but they were good to us, for us. Good at work with meetings. Finally. That's them saying it. So thanks for covering, dude. It's been good to get back to the news. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what we do next week. We've got a lot of Lego stuff to cover. Maybe we'll cover that because you're the gaming maestro, aren't you? Um by the gaming master but if you want to get involved as a listener like I said earlier go to sparkrebellion.com slash patreon and we'll send you in return for just a buck a month which is 75 pence we'll send you some merch alright just let us know over there sparkrebellion.com slash patreon until next time it's uh, it's a big thanks from me I've enjoyed it and Gaz thank you dude like you said for covering last week and uh, good to be back my man never a problem dude yeah it's great to be uh, great to be back in the saddle doing all that stuff and uh not going to go through it all again but just reset and go back and listen to the pre-roll got all the stuff you need there about subscribing and and all that so go and do that until next week for some potential star wars news rumors lego whatever stuff have a good one and may the force be with you always